another reference that the Utes won't understand. Season 4, Episode 10, Stats of Matter, Turkey Day Triple Header. Tim, you caught up in the picks. You done caught all the way up. I was ahead. First you had me, then you lost me. Then you had me again, then you lost me. Now you have me again. So I, it's DEFCON 4 for me. I got to figure out some easy games to go ahead and start putting some room. But uh, we're going to recap uh, week 11. And we're going we're gonna to preview the Turkey Day game. Just just the two of us. We're going to see uh, what happens here. Um, you never, you never had me. You never had your picks. <laughs> Granny picking, not double picking like you should. <laughs> now me and the mad scientist got to rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fried. Almost yeah. had me. And again, yeah. another another reference. A, a movie. They might, they just they might like, get that one. They might get that one. That movie came out in 2000, bro. Oh, Think that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Shout Dang. out Universal. <laughs> okay, Inter Cups this week. It's an Imperial IPA from Greensboro Bend. Shout out Hill Farmstead. And you got an Imperial Stout from North Haven, Connecticut. Shout out Abomination and Evil Twin with the collab. Mm-hmm. Also on Instagram at Stats of Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast. All things Beard Sports. Find Stats of Matter wherever you get your podcast. The World Wide Web. The guy in the corner who's telling them three for five. Set your Apple, Spotify, Google. Ask Alexa. Tim, let's get into the show. Sidecar going too. I got a little French toast bastard, the French oh, okay. toast equivalent uh, of backwoods bastard, which I, I've talked right. about once once before. Um, vanilla, cinnamon, maple, bourbon barrel aged Scotch ale. It's a winner. That's a winner. I think that one's only seasonal, uh, whereas backwood bastard is now available year round. But winner, winner, turkey dinner. Uh, I feel bad for you, son. So go ahead and. Uh, I'll let you start this week. All right. I got a, um, I, I talked recently on the pod about how we went to Snallagasser, which is a, 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 I think it's a world renowned beer festival that we have here in the, in the district of Columbia. And, um, they got all these tents out there and they got all these, these crazy breweries from all around the world. Right. Yep. And you got to get in line. Right. It's like, it's the only place that's keeping line culture uh, alive, apparently. Um, so this year I was like, oh, there's Hill, Hill Farmstead over there. Like, oh, I'll just, this looks like the line. And I'm like standing in line, and this girl is just fucking staring at me. I'm like, uh, "What's up?" And she's like, "Are you trying to get help farms, Dad?" That's exactly what her voice sounded like. I was like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> she goes, "The lines behind me," and I just look, and then suddenly I could see it. There's a line of like 53 people, and I was like, "I'm not fucking staying in this line." So I walked out, went to another beer, another brewery, and got yeah. and got beer. I was like, "I wanted Hill Farmstead." Oh well, uh, the beer stork was able to come through with some Hill Farmstead. So this is Society and Solitude Number Four. Imperial IPA, Citra Galaxy Hops. The description talks about, since 2011, Society and Solitude's The Experimental Imperial IPA series, named to honor Ralph Waldo Emerson's seminal work of the same name, various hop and malt blends to present balanced hop-forward representations of each combination. So, uh, I'm not going to say, what would you do for some Citra, or mo- you know, or Mosaic IPAs, but... Uh, there's there's a lot that I I don't think I wouldn't right um so I'm very excited about this even if I completely ate shit in picks this week all right here we go nice little nice little Rhine kind of hue let's go oh smells so fantastic oh yeah. <clears throat> I think the thing that I that catches me 
so off guard about Hill Farmstead is that like for some reason, and I think this is something that a lot of Vermont breweries do pretty well, their IPAs are just loaded with flavor. And I don't know how they do it because some of them are not like, they don't look like orange juice, right? Like you could, you could get some of the clearest, clearest like India Pale Lagers or even like West Coast style IPAs out there. They're just so good. They're just jam-packed. I, I like this. I like this quite a bit. As an Imperial doesn't have necessarily the bite up front, it definitely does in the back though. And I, I appreciate that. You need a little bite at the end of the beer to sort of just remind you, yeah, you're drinking an Imperial bud. So maybe don't throw four of these down the gullet while you're watching the, you know, the Seahawks game and they're losing. Although, thought about doing it. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a, it's a 4-1. Very nice, very, very smooth, very balanced. I won't be able to find it beyond what the beer store gave me. So uh, I guess I'll just have to enjoy the second one. Thursday. Yeah, man, I haven't had a Hill Farmstead in quite a while. I see it still makes the rounds on some of the uh, some of the social media groups. If you happen to find yourself in one of those, um, but uh, yeah, it was always. I was never as big as a, I was never as big of a fan as everybody else was. Um, I had somewhat of a lim- limited sampling myself, so uh, take that with a grain of salt, if you will. Uh, but yep. This one, uh, I happen to find this one just hanging out on a shelf. It's a collaboration between Evil Twin, uh, Evil Twin, and uh, Abomination Brewing, and I've had um, some of the same line before. It's called Midnight Snack, and uh, there's a couple different variations. There's one that's out now that's got like peppermint, mocha, and uh, a couple other things that's supposed to make it taste like a peppermint mocha that you would get from Starbucks. Um, because they came out and and said directly that they were all obsessed with it. Uh, this is not that because I'm not a big peppermint in my in my drink kind of guy or a big peppermint in general. Uh, so this one's the Imperial Midnight Snack Biscotti Break Stout with vanilla beans, coffee, and almonds. Uh, if you never had biscotti, uh, it's a super dry but very delicious little biscuit type uh pastry or I don't know if we'd call it pastry. Um, a little dessert you get uh, at a lot of Italian places. They're usually in a little bin at Starbucks. I think you can get some prepackaged ones. Smells like straight coffee. Straight coffee. Interesting that it's in a uh, it's in a sixteen ounce can. Yeah, yeah, that's how they always come out. Um, oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Usually, you see those in like you know package like. Back in the day, right? Yeah. You used to get a 24 and a half ounce bomber of an Imperial Stout and you'd pay stupid amounts for it. Yeah, I mean, these are relatively we all did <laughs> modest in terms of, of price, so uh, big fan of that. Um, all right. <clears throat> Smells like straight coffee. You look like a coffee nerd right now. <sighs> all right, so. Huh. Need to need to re up on one of those because this 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 night might not be going the direction I was hoping. <laughs> so it's not one step. Everyone knows the rules. It's uh, one step until I figure out what I what I want to give it. Um, <clears throat> so I get exactly zero biscotti, uh, and for whatever reason, it tastes like super smoked, almost like burnt coffee style smoked. Uh, and it's not 
It's not great. Was I supposed to shake this can or something? I'm very confused. Because <laughs> uh, I don't get I don't get any almonds. I don't get any vanillas. It almost tastes like a um, a sweeter porter, almost like a smoked porter. Um, or if you've had a black lager from uh, um, was it Jack's Abbey? It's like yeah. a smoked lager. That's that's almost. Yeah, that's not a. <clears throat> that's not great. That's not great. That's a bummer, Bob. Uh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if finish this can. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, wait for this. A three one is coming inbound. It's gonna happen. I, I, I keep trying, thinking that like maybe I, I didn't do this correctly. I was supposed to like roll the can or do some beer nerd shit to it, but I'm gonna give it one more big mouthful and see what we got. Mildly better, still not great. Uh, <clears throat> Is there anything left in the can? Uh, barely anything. Like the dregs, maybe the dregs, like kind of like one of those like Belgian beers. You pour the dregs in and stir it up. No, there's nothing in there. I'm I'm literally about halfway through this, just trying to see if I can get like a like what they were what they were shooting for here, because this is this is. All right, that's the last sip, no matter what. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, onto the side. Well, I mean, you had the sidecar. Maybe the sidecar, you know. I'm going to give that like a 2 4. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not the worst beer I've ever had. Uh, it's just not. It's not hitting, I think, the way that they were intending this to hit. Uh, <clears throat> wow. Uh,. Yeah, I don't want to shit on him because I like Abomination, Evil Twin. I'm sort of hit or miss on, but this is a this is a huge huge miss. That's not uh, I don't I don't taste any biscotti whatsoever. That tastes like uh, burnt coffee on top of maybe you know when you burn eggs, right? Mm -hmm. And you got that bottom layer of that super dark egg, and you yes. take a bite and you're like, oh, this part tastes like eggs, and then you get to the burnt part and you're like, oh, that's charred shit. Uh, yeah. That's that's what that's what I get out of this. Just charred. That's too bad. Charcoaly smoked something or other. So hope hopefully <clears throat> it throws your picks off for the rest of the season. But uh, okay, those so those beers. <laughs> uh, I know I know somebody will be going to Pine Hill Farmstead, uh, especially if they live in the the great <clears throat> Northeast. Uh, all right, let's let's get into week eleven picks here. <laughs> I can't get it off my tongue. <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are you a fucking cat? Yeah, <laughs> I can't get it off my tongue. Oh man. Hey, just a quick note before we get into these these games. Tim, you do the parlays. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing the parlays. Shout out to Jamie. Jamie, listener of the podcast. Jamie does parlays. Mm. Craig does parlays. Uh Corey does parlays. But it's the parlay game. It, but y'all are y'all on a next fucking level, man. You got like these like four sport things. You you're you're betting on Korean baseball at two in the morning. <laughs> and then That's degenerate stuff know, what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh I one of those days, I'll get there. All right, week eleven, Houston, yeah, Arizona. Kyler Murray back for a second game. Uh, this this was this was a good game. Um, the Texans did win. Yep. Yeah, buddy, got a pick. You're going to see if you watch any any social media clips this week. Uh, this most incredible route from Tank Dell, where he goes up, jukes up again, comes back and like stops on a dime, and then goes up and just completely just. 
mortifies the DB. Guy can't stick with him, and then he still gets a step or two on him, catches a touchdown in the end zone. Dalton Schultz almost rolled into the end zone. There's something that was quite endearing because in the run-up to this game, they gave D'Amico Ryan so much airtime on like the Fox pregame show, and I completely get it. He's a great coach. It's evident that this team, which is giving Texans fans hope that they've not had in a long, long time, it's evident that this team is something much different than we have ever thought and want to give them credit for. So I quite appreciate uh, how it all went down. If I got to be honest, though, I expected the Texans to win. They're not as bad of a team as they used to be. And uh, uh, for folks who think, oh, well, rookie quarterback, they only win by five points against a resurgent Kyler Murray. Like, it's very difficult to stack wins in the NFL. And even though the Cardinals are now two and nine, like, they still could have got a dub on you. Like, the game was not, um, not as out of hand as you would think. If the Arizona's uh, team actually converts the, the two point attempt that they failed to make, this game is much, much closer. And who knows what happened? You get an onside kick, it could have been crazy. But I really do appreciate the fact CJ Stroud, three picks, two touchdowns, quarterback rating of 85. But that's okay because Kyler Murray, one touchdown, one interception, quarterback rating of 84.6. I'm not very good at math, Tim. Mm-hmm. But my guess is you throw for more yards and you throw at least a second touchdown. Picks don't matter, like stats. So <laughs> good for him. Uh, Tank Dell, 149 yards. I don't think he's on your waiver wire. I don't think he's available for you in fantasy. But if by some stretch of imagination you can get him in a trade and the trade deadline is not passing your league, you should strongly consider doing it. So shout out to the Texans. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> that one was uh, that one was a fun one to watch. The, the funny part about and all it was this, the only win. It was the only win I got this week. So I got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna let you say it, not me. Uh, <laughs> the the crazy part about all this, right, is that Mac Jones, right, is constantly under scrutiny because uh, of turnovers. Right, I know yep. he makes them in some some pretty tough situations. He's not even the turnover leader in the league. We have multiple, multiple uh, quarterbacks who threw like three to four picks just this weekend alone, right? You had uh, Josh Allen who threw a bunch last week. Who one of the one of the bets uh, this week that was favored uh, on DraftKings was interception by Josh Allen, and he hit it. He's I think he might actually be the league leader for turnovers. Uh, the only difference is his team is built around uh, or is strong enough to overcome a lot of those and they win games versus the Patriots who are not built for winning. Their offensive line is terrible and they have no receiving to speak of. Is not built for wins. But there's such a big microscope on that team because of the history that like going into this weekend, if we were to t- if we if I were to just start naming some of the issues that anybody had uh, this week, you would think I was talking about Mac Jones if I didn't specifically talk about it. Like 236 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, three interceptions. Who would you think I'm talking about? Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones. No, I'm Jones. About, uh, I could be talking about any handful of quarterbacks from the weekend, but that was Jared Goff, who is arguably one of the better quarterbacks this season. Uh, who came out and made some terrible decisions. Uh, it's the second. Uh, most he's thrown in his entire uh, for his career. It's the second most he's done in a game. 
Um, so, I mean, it's it's such a strange dynamic, especially as a New England fan, being on this side, listening to not only all the scrutiny abroad, but all of our own internal fan base, like, just bitching and moaning when top-tier quarterbacks have bigger turnover problems than Mac Jones has. Uh, they just have better teams that allow them to overcome a lot of those shortfalls. But anyway, Did it hurt you to say that, that a lot of other quarterbacks have better teams than the Patriots? <laughs> no, nah, man, I've been the one uh, <laughs> since we started this podcast saying I was I was here for some some rough seasons, and I'm I'm in it. I'm you know I'm on my little dinghy with with my rowboat oars, trying to like keep this thing moving along. And I know at some point we're gonna be fine, but. We had a really, really good stretch. Half of my life was spent winning in terms of my fandom in sports. Like 20 years is Hello, a very long darkness, time. My old so uh, I know there's some comeuppance uh, that I'm going to have to pay for some of that. But, you know, it's very fortunate. Yeah. But anyway, we're not talking about the Patriots. We're talking about the Lions and the Bears. Uh, Patriots lost this week, unfortunately, to the bye uh, because they can't win anything. So. Uh, they lost all the news cycles. They literally lost it, it, on a bye week. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, but Bears lines uh, <clears throat> lines trailed for quite a few, quite a bit of this game. Uh, it was twenty six fourteen going into the last four minutes. Uh, teams were zero and eighty three this season when trailing by uh, ten points in the final four minutes. But the Lions have been playing incredible football. Um, even with their minus three turnover rating uh, for this particular game, uh, those guys just keep their heads down and, and continue grinding. Um, I watched the the second half of this game, and being my first pick of the week, I was uh, shitting myself a little bit, uh, trying to trying to you know hold it together, especially especially towards the end. Yeah, but this is their seventh straight divisional win. Uh, I I you know had some faith going into this. I. I know Justin Fields came back looking like the Justin Fields pre-injury. Uh, had, I want to say he had like almost 200 yards in the air and over 100 yards on the ground, which is impressive for uh, any QB and is something that we need to pay attention to because a lot of the mobile QBs haven't really been outputting a lot other than uh, maybe Jalen Hurts this weekend. He had two touchdowns, but Lamar... Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a lot of those guys traditionally we would look at as mobile quarterbacks. Maybe Dobbs coming in and, and becoming sort of a presence when it when it comes to the 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 leg game for for their game. Um, Justin Fields was uh, great in terms of uh, keeping drives alive and extending plays. But uh, like I said, Goff, two hundred thirty six passing yards, uh, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Was kind of all over the place a little bit. Made some pretty poor decisions. Some of it was just unfortunate luck. Uh, I keep saying tips should be classified as something else. Miss Pastor should be classified as something else. So this is one of those. Jamar Gibbs, 36 rushing yards, uh, 59 receiving yards. Uh, had another rushing touchdown. This is, for, you know, for the betting folks out there, this is a four-star game with rushing TDs. So, um up there with all of uh, you know with some of the top tier Lions rookies so if you're up for those prop bets or anytime uh touchdown scores keep that in mind but David Montgomery he's been there uh bread and butter the entire season shout out to to him he's on my fantasy he kind of kept yep. me in this week but I got my ass kicked 
Once again, because uh, <clears throat> every week, whoever I'm going against, despite the makeup of their team, has two or three players that have just complete career games. So uh, the projected 109, 108, leaning my favor, turned out to be like 170 to like 120. So that was <laughs> And, that and was to be cool. fair, if you score 120 points most weeks, you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... It only helps you in the, the uh, points against. I wish I did the calculations for my win-loss margin, but it's got to be like 40 points this season. It's, it's unreal. Um, Bears continue to slide, especially in that division. It's their 12th straight division loss. It's the longest streak in the NFL right now. Uh, there's there's some takeaways you can look at for this. Justin Fields coming back, 169 yards, 104 yards, uh, in his fifth career game with 100 rushing yard, so if he stays healthy, they might be able to game plan around that, but the Bears uh, the Bears got some work to do coming out and putting up a game like that against the Lions, but ultimately giving up that many points uh, late in the game is really going to be a tough pill to swallow. Uh, if your defense is struggling, if your offense is struggling, your defense has to hold it together, but it's a streaking Lions team, arguably one of the best teams in the entire league right now, so you kind of take that with a grain of salt, uh, but I think the big takeaway is Fields looks like he's back, overcoming that thumb injury. Uh, I know most of the work was done with his legs, but he w- he was doing a pretty decent job uh, in the air as well. So I don't think they're they're going to threaten anybody. But the Lions, man, and golf just keep rolling. Yep. <clears throat> Chiefs Eagles Monday Night Football. Marquez Valdez Scantling. So to start. This is Wusa. It's Wusa. Okay, just just. Listen to the sound of my voice and just zone out. Just hear your stresses going away. He was. I needed. Everyone I needed eleven is, and a half points to to hit one of my parlays. Everyone is going to drop the ball. It is just rainy and a shit night in Kansas City. It's not a big deal. Drop the passes. Let the passes go right through your hands. Travis Kelsey, Rice, Watson, Mahomes. God damn, Jesus Christ, Marquez Valdez scaling. Really. In a game that was 17 to 7, 17 10, 17 17, 21 17, the Chiefs just did not have anything. It was like comically bad. Like Mahomes would throw, it would bounce right off a guy. Or it would like just be like a millimeter outstretched past his fingers, and the guy didn't really try and reach for it. However, at the end of the game, okay, third and 11, I think, or it was like second, second, second and 10 or, or third and 11, something like that. Marquez Valdez-Scanning gets not one, not two, three steps on a guy. Three steps. Mahomes uncorks this beautiful pass. Scanling puts his hands out, and Scanling looks and turns his head just slightly to make sure that he's going to be able to reel this thing in and not get tackled from behind. And boink, right off his hands. He slides into the end zone. Uh, The next play, Mahomes got called for intentional grounding. Fourth and 25. He doesn't connect. That's the game. 21-17. Eagles go into um, Kansas City and, and steal one from them. I, I had utmost faith the entire time that it was it was going to happen. The, the Chiefs were inevitable. They're going to win. But a second-half shutout, I did not see coming from a team defensively um, that I think like we just have to... We have to say it out loud now. They're 9-1. and one. They are the premier team in the NFL. You could make an argument for the, for the San Francisco 49ers, but they, they had a losing sh- like slump. But 
the premier team in the NFL is the Philadelphia Eagles. It just is. Um, Hurts didn't really get going until late in the game. They have the tush push or the brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it. It still can't be stopped. We're 10 weeks, 11 weeks, 12 weeks into the season. I don't know, maybe even 30 weeks into the seasons that you have seen this move and no one has found a way to stop it yet, which is bananas to me. So until the competition can be outlaws, that like that's it. You're, they're just going to get that. You better hope you don't get third and one or fourth and one because like they're always going to convert. So I'll hand it to the Eagles. They did what they needed to do there. The Chiefs really do look like they're missing something. Like there is no continuity on, on the offense right now. It's either you get the run game going or the passing game gets going. There is never really something of both. Like Justin Watson led the Chiefs receivers last night, 53 yards. Isaiah Pacheco at 89 rushing yards. But that's bolstered by the fact he had a long run of 24 yards. Like, so it was like a slugfest. And when you get into those slugfests, you need, I hate to say it, but you need like that, that Edelman. You need that Gronk. You need that separator on that third down that's third manageable that like just moves the chain. And makes everyone else groan audibly, like, oh fuck, here we go. They're gonna do it again. For the for the Eagles, that's the tush push. They can get it done. It doesn't matter. Um Hurts, three touchdowns, two on the ground, one through the air. He's just he's becoming too hard to write off. Um, and I get it. You know, Manny had some slumps, Brady had some slumps, Rogers had some slumps. We're witnessing a, a Patrick Mahomes slump right now. Could be because of player personnel. Could be because of coaching changes. Who knows? But we are witnessing it. And you have to say this out loud that at 7-3, and three, maybe the AFC, if we were to play the Super Bowl today, the AFC is probably not putting out a team outside the Ravens who is fantastic. They're just not. The AFC is slump, slump city all the way across. Um, and, you know, you got to deal with that. So shout out to the Eagles. Way to go. I don't even know if I I don't know if I can pick against the Eagles for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? I that would have been what I would have done with the Chiefs. I'd have been like, I'm not picking against the Chiefs because they're the Chiefs. Three losses now. I I know we only got like a, a few weeks left, but I I just don't know that I could necessarily have outright confidence with them when they cannot get going on a week to week basis. Yeah, I have zero qualms with picking against uh, the Chiefs depending on the week. I did it uh, this week, last week, one of the weeks. Yeah, DraftKings worked out um while you were talking i was looking up the stats for this uh <clears throat> for this year the chiefs are second in dropped passes and a shout out to oh. patrick mahomes because he hasn't once thrown his receivers under the bus uh including Never. in the press conference last night was saying that oh i probably could have made a better throw i could have thrown it shorter i could have done something um that half of those Drop passes had nothing, nothing to do with him. Kelsey had a tough one. Watson had several tough ones, and then the uh, Valdez at the end of the game should have been a go-ahead and touchdown. So, um, yeah, good on him for taking it up. Uh, there's only so much you can do. I, I, you know, I think this is, you know, kind of what I've been talking about over the last few years. Teams are starting to figure out this team. Um, you know. They they let Hill go, who has turned out to be nothing but a weapon. Uh, uh, I think he leads the league in a lot of uh, stats in terms of receptions and and everything. So that was a really tough loss. But yeah, something something's up with his team. Whether it's whether it's teams have figured them out or guys are just struggling this year. But uh, it's 
it's not the same team it was the last few years where you look at it as a lock week in and, and week out. Um, True. Also, the other thing I looked at while you were talking is I actually wanted to see where Jones stacked up in terms of turnovers, um, other quarterbacks in the league. Don't say it. How many... Uh, I'll bury the lead a little bit. He's not number one. How many quarterbacks do you think are ahead of him? Five. Uh, yeah, pretty close. So we had Josh Allen. He has 15. He had 19 all of last season. He has 15, 12 interceptions. Uh, Sam Howell. Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, who we just talked about as being a superstar. And Zach Wilson. And two behind Mac Jones is the one, Patrick Mahomes. So something. I mean, it's just it's it's just very weird to see the conversation and the way things play out versus like the reality of the situation, right? Like his percentage is sixty five point four. Patrick Mahomes is sixty seven point one. Joshua Dobbs sixty three five. Jalen Hurts is only sixty eight five. Dobbs only got a. I mean, he's. Did he start all the games for Arizona this year? Uh, who's Before that? he got traded? Who? Dobbs. Dobbs. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know to be honest with you. Uh, but in terms of completions and whatnot, he's up there with everybody else. He's got 230 uh, completions out of 362 attempts. Mac Jones is 212 for 324. So they hmm. they've made roughly the same amount of attempts. Um, touchdowns is one of the bigger differentials where I think that's what. Uh, helps folks uh, in terms of some of these conversations. Like, Allen has 12 turnovers, or 15 turnovers, but he has 22 touchdowns. So, obviously, there's a little bit of a difference. Lamar Jackson has one less than Mac Jones and only has one touchdown more. So, like, why aren't we having the same conversation about Lamar Jackson? It's just the optics are just so tough when it comes to New England and what they're supposed to be doing and everything that I know I'm going off on a tangent. I'm going to get back on track here. Uh, it was just an interesting find that I, I I think for whatever reason isn't getting discussed enough. I think Jones is uh, unfairly taking a lot of criticism that I think the team should be receiving, not just him, but quarterback is a quarterback no matter what team they're on. But in any event, <clears throat> moving on. Broncos, Vikings, uh, speaking of so jobs. happy about this, so happy about this pick going wrong for you. I wanted to text you during the entirety of the game, and be like, "Oh, what up now, motherfucker?" I, I mean, I but know then I realized I talk shit about Russell Wilson too, so it wasn't going to work. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not totally sold on him. He had plenty of opportunities to put this game away early, and ultimately, like that just didn't happen. Uh, I think he lucked out, got away uh, with a win from a uh, you know a guy who's been on a team for three weeks now uh thankfully it's the first game in the last six games including this weekend uh that he's actually put up over 200 passing yards he had 259 he's had under two for the last five games which is the longest streak he's had so far since uh becoming a quarterback um but he had a, a late game go ahead touchdown it was one of those as soon as they got the ball you're like okay i feel like i've seen this game play out numerous times doesn't matter who's got this ball i feel like they're going to charge down and, and win they made some some pretty good plays towards the the tail end um it's his 12th career go ahead 
in the final two minutes, which actually breaks the tie he had with Derek Carr since he joined the league, which is kind of an interesting little stat. So since 2012, he holds the current record for the most uh, go-ahead touchdowns in the last two minutes of a game. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying he's he's performing well or he's back or anything. I still think it's it's more team failure on the other side of the ball than it is him doing well because he's still scrambling. He's still all over the place. He's missing some pretty good open opportunities. He's also hitting some to his credit. He he is looking a lot better than what we saw the tail end of last year and the beginning of this year. So he is starting to get some of it back. Um, <clears throat> Broncos are off to kind of an interesting start. They're one of the first teams in a long time that was 1-5 to start the season and have since come back and are now 500. So the team itself is starting to piece things together. But Dobbs kind of had a, a more realistic-looking game than what we've seen. He hasn't been a complete stud. And they were drawing some weird comparisons to like Patrick Mahomes at one point, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there yet, but he was constantly under pressure. So in my mind, I think this was a bigger win by the Denver defense than it was the offense. The offense, 100%. yeah, the offense did well. Uh, Russ took care of the ball. He had no turnovers. He only had one, uh, one touchdown on the day, but. Their defense was just constantly, constantly under pressure. And it was interesting watching how it all kind of played out in that uh, uh, you you basically had uh, all of the defense line up just off the line or on the line. And what would happen is each play, uh, some of the backers and the safeties would then drop back or they would rush. So you didn't know what you were getting for every look. So things were kind of hectic and and to uh russ's credit he was able to kind of figure that out and understand where it was leaving kind of big gaps in the defense to you know help keep plays alive the flats were open almost all the time because part of this drop back process you had the corners and some of the linebackers were running backwards to get into position along with their players and then the the receivers would just stop short and then and then come back up and, and make plays on the ball. Um but they uh they had one interception on the day. They had three forced fumbles on Dobbs. Uh sorry, I think two forced fumbles, one of them was a bad snap. But kid was constantly under pressure. He got sacked twice. One was for twenty nine yards, uh, which is it's insane. Um but I still think Dobbs came out and had a very, very good game. Uh, ultimately, he just missed out on a few plays. I'll be curious to see the momentum that the Broncos can continue on. This divisional matchup, we're probably going to see again. Both teams are six, one is six and five, one is five and five. So, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hesitant to say Russ is back. I think there was some injuries on the Broncos side that, uh, may have played into this along with uh i mean sorry the uh some injuries on the viking side they're without uh jefferson we'll see i'm gonna take this one currently with a grain of salt uh rookie quarter or not can you call him a rookie new quarterback team missing some of his big weapons 
We'll see. We'll see. I think the Broncos might make a little noise going into the the, the end of the season. I'm not on the I'm not on the rush train yet because the the Vikings did have a chance to come back and win this and just made some untimely uh, mistakes and, and drops on this one. But true. If 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 true. they came back and won this, we wouldn't. It, it wouldn't even be much of a conversation. We probably would have. You know, maybe lightly skipped over this game. Give give Russ some praise. Yes. But then hashtag, then hashtag praise Russ. <laughs> Broncos in action. Uh, Let's try. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Ravens Bengals. Uh shut Thursday night, right? That was game yep. was going on. <clears throat> yep. I, I went to the uh anthem in DC. It's in the wharf. Went to go see Teddy Swims. By the way, that fucking guy can sang, dude. Teddy he Swims? I don't know if sang. I've ever heard of Teddy him. Teddy Swims. Yeah, he has like this incredible soulful voice. He has like, I don't even know how to describe his music. Look, listen to it. That's all, right. all I got to say. Um, so like we're like trying to follow the game while his opener <laughs> is singing her thing. And we're just like, we're having a couple beers. You know, shout out PBRs. Having some PBRs back like 2011, Sam Smith. So I was like, this is cool. And then uh, Mark Andrews gets rolled up on. Doesn't come back in the game. Lamar leaves the game, comes back, and then Burroughs has this weird injury where can't grip a football, and immediately I'm like, oh, I saw this with Russ. Like, you know, there's a broken metatarsal or metacarpal. Um, You know, there's a broken bone. Like, if he can't grip the ball, like, he he ain't coming back. And I was like, I think Russ came back in like four or five weeks, and it was like pretty difficult for him to do that, and he wasn't really the same for the majority of the season. It was in the beginning of the season. Uh, before we ended up going to Denver. So I was like, I'm pretty sure the Burrow's out for the season. Um, of course, you're on you know, Twitter and you're just refreshing, trying to see what the newest updates are. And it's just littered with everyone just tagging football players in there and not actually like paying attention. So you have to like scroll through and find like the pro football docs and you know, see what, because they're making interpretations of what they see on film. And they, they get different versions because I, th- I think they have the all 22 or a different NFL stream, so they can generally, you know, diagnose someone via video. Once Joe Burrow left the game, Jake Browning came in. I mean, I knew the game was over. I knew the game was over when the Ravens kept kicking field goals. I was like, they're just going to push this game so far out of reach. It's not going to matter. Uh, I mean, they the Ravens did win the game, fourteen points up. You know, um, Lamar two touchdowns, Gus Edwards two touchdowns. Like crazy. The Ravens are one of the the only NFL AFC teams in the NFL right now that I think like are coming together at the right time. Odell Beckham was a, a questionable signing, but four receptions, buck sixteen, longest of fifty one yards. He came out of the game after sustaining what looked like a hip injury. Uh and it, it, he didn't have to go back in. I mean, Nelson Aguilar and Zay Flowers ended up, you know, kind of falling in right behind and, and keeping the game out of the Bengals' hands. So you, you have to give credit where it's due. You got to win the games, especially against tough divisional opponents because the Steelers have fired their offensive coordinator. The Bengals are now fourth in the AFC North. They, start, they slumped to start the season, and you can, you can probably guess that they're not going to have a winning record for the rest of the season. So uh, Baltimore sitting at 8-3, and three, unquestionably, if I said... Uh, Ravens Chiefs, who is going to win? I'm going to say Ravens. If I said Ravens Chargers, who's going to win? I'm going Ravens. Um, I would need to see a monumental collapse. And for Baltimore to be 
12 weeks into the season and have an overwhelming, overwhelming majority of those being wins and not like stylish wins, not outright dominant wins, it tells me that there is something that's going on with this team this season that they're going to build upon and that makes them scarier. Hopefully they don't exit in the first round of the playoffs again, but they're doing what they need to do right now. So I don't want to see this team, um, but that's what's going to happen. Uh, we gotta we gotta gush a little bit because we are seeing some magic right now uh, with the Niners and Brock Purdy because that dude. <sighs> yep, I suppose we do. That dude put up like a career game. So I found this little tidbit of info that I'm uh, I'm stealing from the worldwide leader. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to read it verbatim because it's pretty impressive. Brock Purdy joined Joe Montana and Steve Young as the only quarterbacks in 49 history to post a perfect passer rating of 158.3 with a minimum of 10 attempts. Purdy was the only one to do so with at least 20 attempts. For the season, Purdy leads the NFL in both yards per attempt at 9.7, Completion percentage was 70.2. In addition, only 1988 Boomer Esiason, who won MVP, has averaged more yards per attempt through 10 games in the NFL history with a minimum of 250 attempts. The 49ers have won 13 straight games in November or later, the team's longest streak in franchise history. They broke that tie with 12-game streak back back from 1992-1993. That is... Some pretty unreal numbers. Uh, he's the first 49ers QB with uh, three passing touchdowns and three interceptions in consecutive games since Jeff Garcia. Uh, George Kittle got back into the mix a little bit. He was kind of MIA for those who had him on fantasy. He burned me week in and week out. He'd finish with like 18 yards or 30 yards or, or, or something, but never hit the, the target yards and didn't have any touchdowns. But uh <clears throat> touchdown to back-to-back games so they're kind of getting on the same page or people forgot about him and now he's he's I, I feel like tight ends are are not as um what, what would we call that they're, they're they're not the same as the rise of like the kelseys and the gronks uh you know of the last right, five to ten years uh well i mean admittedly kittle likes to block and pancake, you know, opposing yeah, linemen. Yeah, so did as well, he, but does. they were Ertz is another one that kind of mm-hmm. came in and, and, and disappeared a little bit. Uh, or not not necessarily disappeared, but uh, you know, we don't we don't hear much from. But uh, McCaffrey, 103 yards again, 78 rushing yards, 25 receiving, had a receiving t- uh, a reception touchdown, 14 touchdowns just this season alone, which is shy of uh, tying most in the season by any of the 49 running backs. 1985, Roger Craig had 15. Um, but this team is just firing on all cylinders. There's, uh, It's tough week in and week out to, to bet against this team at all. Like I certainly won't be. Um, I'll be taking them as, as the favorite pretty much from here on out. Um, the the Buccaneers, uh, I think, would be in a much better place if they had maybe not Baker Mayfield but behind center. I know he was constantly under pressure, but the guy was a bit of a mess. Uh, he had 246 yards, 
29 completions, 45 attempts. <laughs> uh, only one touchdown. Did have an interception, but it's the fourth most attempts in a game in his career. So uh, it's not something that he's he's new to. It's it's kind of a staple in his game to make a lot of attempts. That's what happens when you're not accurate. When you're not accurate, you just got to throw it uh, a million times and hope for the best. Uh, Woke up feeling <laughs> dangerous. Mike Evans is back in the mix a little bit over the last few games. He only had five receptions, forty-three yards. He had a touchdown. It's his seventh touchdown this season. Um, he had six in fifteen games last week, uh, last season. So uh, obviously, he had someone different throwing to him that was a little bit more uh, reliable. Um, but the Bucks are a team that, you know, I think is kind of wallowing a little bit in mediocrity. You don't really know what you're going to get week in and week out until they get a, a more reliable quarterback. Thought the, I, I was kind of hoping at the beginning of the season, Baker was going to kind of find his place and, and, and make some, make some sort of progress. But, uh, unfortunately it's, that's not, not to be the case. So. This one was the uh, Purdy and Niners show and will continue to be so. Uh, Until uh, this week. Yeah. Very <clears throat> the lead. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I don't think so. Well, we'll I mean, I guess we know who you're picking this week. But, uh, okay, so <laughs> I only got one right this week. You got two. This is back-to-back weeks where I've gotten one. You've gotten two. You have made up the distance all the way because you were at 15 last week. You got two. That's the math. It's a fact of 17. I had 16. only got one. That's also 17. Um, I got a... 680 on my SAT, but 17 and 17 are real numbers, and they're the same yeah. number. They equal. They cancel each other out. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and go into week 12 for the Turkey Day uh, games. So Packers v. Lions, 1 o'clock. Commanders Cowboys, 4 o'clock. Seahawks Niners. The Sunday night football on yeah. Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, Packers Lions. Um, I'll bury the lead here. I'm going Lions. The Packers did have a really nice win last week against the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers were pretty much middle of the road. Now they're below 500. The Chargers like to sling it. When the Chargers can't get things going, they can't get out of their own way. There have been some injuries necessarily for the Packers, and the Lions are such a different team that like two years ago, I would, I would have picked the Packers, obviously, because it would have been Aaron freaking Rodgers. Um, that being said, I liked that the Lions had a ton of turnovers, stayed committed, and won the game before the clock expired. That says a lot about the grit of a team. And I just think talent-wise, coach-wise, schedule-wise, heat check-wise, they're just the premier team uh, of these two. So I'm going to go Lions here. Um, I do think this has a sneaky chance at like being one of those like 35, 31 kind of games. So, I, personally, I would not take either one of the team's uh, defenses in fantasy this week because I don't think that it's going to be good. I think it's going to be an absolute shit show uh, throwing back and forth. And Jack Harlow, halftime. Way to go. Uh, if you pay attention to the halftime games. I mean, it's not Creed. Can you take me higher from the fucking Tony Romo days, but it's close. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Lions also, but I'm going to disagree a little bit on the defensive side of the ball because defensive passing yards per game, the Lions are, you know, middle of the pack. They're 16th so far this, this season. Uh, but defensive rushing yards per game, they're fifth. 
Uh, so match that up with being sixth in the league for points scored per game. I think you're. I think we might be looking at a, a pretty big margin for this game. Um, they're drastically better in passing yards and rushing yards per game. So I don't think this one's going to be as close as is what you might be thinking it is. It might be a little bit of a blowout, but I'm going to go Lions also. All right, uh, the one o'clock game, Dallas. Uh, sorry, the four o'clock, four thirty. Uh, Washington Commanders. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys. In <laughs> Dallas. Yeah. Are we going to spend a lot of time on this one? Because I'll bear the lead. I'm I, going Cowboys. So I'm also going to go Cowboys. I think one thing that I really do appreciate about how uh, about how the commanders have stayed with it. I, I mean, I really don't believe Ron Rivera is the coach at the end of the season. But I do have a lot of appreciation for how Sam Howell, looking like a great American value or a Kirkland signature select Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Uh, just going out there, just Kirkland. slinging it. Oh, I fumbled. I'll sling it again. Oh, I interception. I'll just keep slinging it. Um, resilience, have man. Something. Resilience. You you have to. You got to have a the memory of a goldfish in this league, right? That's what they say. Um, I mean, the Cowboys won the last game, thirty three to ten, and we're like, oh, ho hum. You know, why are they not dominating teams anymore? Sometimes you don't need to, right? I mean, I didn't start Tony Pollard because he has like disappeared from the running game, um, and then. 15 total points. Welcome back, fantasy-wise. So, like, it's going to be very tough to not start him this week. Um, yeah. I was very surprised the, the Commanders-Giants game turned into a sack fest. Um, both offense lines were just terrible. I think, obviously, the Dallas line, you, could it be sneaky good? Could it be close? Maybe. Uh, but I still think the Cowboys win. So that takes us to the Sunday-Thursday night game. The STNF football, if you will. Uh, Seahawks-Niners. I... I think you're going Niners. Yep. And I am going to go Seahawks here. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Seahawks because traditionally they split. Um, there's only been a couple of years. Like, I mean, the Rams just beat the Seahawks all day, every day until Sean McVay leaves that team. Yeah. That's just what's going to happen. Um, but Seattle does play San Francisco <coughs> two times in the next three weeks. Um, they they play this game, then they play, I believe, the Eagles or the Cowboys, and then they play the Niners again, and then they play the Chiefs. They have a brutal stretch coming up. So if Pete Carroll wants to be one of the wild card teams and he, he wants the Seahawks to sneak in the postseason, they have to win one of these games because they they don't have games to lose anymore. They don't have games to give. Um, Zach Charbonnet is probably going to take the lead for the running. Uh, DK has been coming along lately, but like Gino, you need, this is your game, right? For the last 10 months, you've all talked about how you think that this team can reach the Super Bowl. You need to start beating good teams that are probably going to play in the Super Bowl or play for a chance to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go Seahawks here. I think I'm doing that straight out of emotion and raw feeling because you can't have that many bad games. Um, <laughs> but I will drink so heavily because um, it's the 8 o'clock game. I will. I don't have to work on Friday. so Nice. Me either. I won't be, I won't be doing anything if, if the Seahawks lose, but you're going to pick Niners, obviously. So yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to go Niners. If we both get the, the first two picks right, then this will be where we split. Yeah, I'm going to go Niners only because I think uh, I haven't seen enough on the Seahawks side of the ball to really have uh, any faith going up against the team that has this much momentum. 
Um, Purdy's a little bit of a flash in the pan. You know, it may ultimately end up being, you know, a closer game than I think what, what I'm anticipating. But on paper, San Francisco is just a, a much better team across the board. Like in almost every stat that matters, they're in the top 10, if not the top five. And the Seahawks are very middle to lower middle half of the uh, of the league. So, um, I, I do think it's this in one, Seattle, though. Yeah, I, I I mean it's in Seattle. Yeah, I'm not as uh, I'm not I'm not overly worried about it. I mean, we're the the Niners are seven and three so far on the season, and they're not just winning at home; they're going out. And they're winning. They beat the Rams at home. They beat the Steelers at home. Uh, they beat the Vikings at home, which was another streaking team. Uh, I mean, they beat the the Browns, but they they've gone on the road and they beat plenty of teams. Um, not sorry, they lost against the Vikings. They didn't win against the Vikings, but they beat Pittsburgh and uh, Los Angeles. The the Steelers and the Rams in back to back games on the road. Uh, yeah. I I mean, if you take a look at any of the stats, right? Yeah. It, it they all skew for the 49ers, except for stacks. Uh, they're 16th in yeah. total sacks, and Seattle is ninth. Yep. That's a big deal. All right. Um, I just looked at the weather. It's gonna be 42 degrees. Okay. Uh-huh. Partly cloudy, but it it will have just rained. It's raining there right now. It'll rain probably another, maybe a little bit on Wednesday. Be a mostly clear, but a very cold, a very biting day. Not very bay weather. So, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely, I think I can smell upset here. I'm not scared. I'll take this one. Uh, at what point do we make our Super Bowl predictions, by the way? Mm. I, I would have, if you had asked me last week, I would have, I would have said the Chiefs, right? But I can't, I don't think I can do that now, noting just how poorly the AFC teams are. I'm not confident. Like I'm confident right now in saying that I believe it's the Niners or or the Eagles that will go to the Super Bowl. Wow. I'm I'm confident in that. I, I really am. I don't think that they're. I think the, I think the Cowboys can make an awfully long run. I think they can be super frisky, but they have not beaten the Eagles. And I I think in a slugfest between Dallas and San Fran. I mean, we've seen this one. I don't know how many times. They just don't seem to possess that next gear. So like. That's my NFC pick right now. Uh, for the AFC, I can be talked into the Chiefs turning it around. Um, but I think the Ravens at, at this point in time are probably towards the top. Hmm. I don't know about the Ravens. I don't. Well, it's not the Bills because they're not going to make it. Nor are the Bengals. Well, the Bengals the are definitely the out. Patriots or the Raiders. The Bengals are definitely out. But I could see, I could see the Bills kind of piecing it together. I think we're we're ju- we're jumping a little too quick to to rule them out of figuring out what's going on. Uh yeah, but they're going to have to do like that Tom Brady year when he was uh 11 and 7 with uh the Buccaneers and then just goes on a magical playoff run. I don't know that I don't know that the team is built for that. I you could make a case for the Dolphins. Oh yeah. The Dolphins I mean, have the, got caught uh, you, but but they've been caught slipping a couple of times. So I'm not a million percent convinced that we don't also have something to worry about them there. When they get into the playoffs, no, I I didn't even think of that. I I have no qual. I mean, I think the Dolphins are going to be a huge contender uh, come tail end of the season. I I don't think they're going to be struggling. I mean, I would never classify 
them as as being caught sleeping by any means. So they've just gone up against some 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 different looks, some different teams. Um, if you had to pick a if you had to pick a team from both the AFC and the NFC to go to the Super Bowl today, gun to your head, what are you doing? Uh, like knee jerk, probably Niners, mm-hmm. Dolphins. I think the problem is uh, wow. that would be. And I think that would be crazy. And I think if that happens, the Dolphins win it. The Dolphins are, are for me becoming the the favorite, maybe behind or close with the Eagles. But I think the Dolphins might be my current favorite to take the whole thing. I think they're just. They got enough looks and enough speed to overcome almost anything that that's thrown at them, uh, and if it becomes a scoring slugfest. But you know, you can look back at like the Patriots Rams game where everybody thought the Rams were going to come out. You know, like ten years guilty. ago, guilty, eight, eight, eight so years guilty. ago, whatever. And you thought the Rams were going to come out and put it up in the because they were just blowing through teams, and then the Pats held them to three. So you could have some weird fluke situation where the scheme is just right, uh, but. There is only one Belichick in the league, and that man is defensive-minded as 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 best as they come. So, um, true. I'm, I'm hard pressed to think that there's another team that'll that'll match that energy. Uh, but yeah, if you had to make me pick, I would probably go. I probably go Niners. I think this is just a career year we're seeing in, with Purdy, and I think it, that that's going to continue to kind of grow. McCaffrey has been reliable every single week. Uh, he, I mean, he's missed one game with a touchdown in which he was flirting with it the entire game. Uh, and I think Ayuk is is making his presence known too. So, man, that would be a tough one uh, if I had to pick going into it. But I think you'd have to go with the Dolphins just because the the makeup of that team and uh, maybe some of the veteran presence that's on there. Tough as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, tough as a rookie they're, they're in first year to go out and and put up a Super Bowl win. Um, so I don't know. That'd be a tough one. But but if he did, man, holy shit, Niners fans would never let us hear the end of it. No. Never. No. And I, uh, I wouldn't blame okay, him. If, I'd be here for it. Oh, boy. Bandwagon. Um, Eagles-Ravens would be my pick right now. Uh, and if those two teams met, I'd have to give it to the Eagles. I think they're far and away. I, I buried the lead earlier. They're one of the best teams in the NFL, bar none. Um, you have to think, though. They they may get that they may get that second ring right because obviously Doug Peterson got him the first one. Travis Kelsey may get a second ring, okay, and then he may decide this is it for me. He's already said multiple times that you know I'm I'm in the the twilight, the end of my career. I mean he's a candidate for sexiest man alive. Like <laughs> the guy is at the top of the mountain, okay. Yeah. Um, if the Eagles were to go and absolutely tra- dominate, you mean Jason Kelsey? Jason, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jason. Jason, no, no. Jason is a candidate for sexiest man alive. Yeah, no, no, no. You were saying Travis, <laughs> Travis Cousins, and then I, ah, well, you, I, mean, I think just, you were talking about fucking the... Taylor Swift stuff. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? right, can't enough. can't get it out of my head. Um, <laughs> I got a blank space, baby, and I'll pick another team. But uh, I, I think, I think it would be a one of those storybook endings, like when Jared Allen, uh, you know, went out when Peyton Manning went out on top. There's something about that, right? So. I think the Eagles really could be pushing and trying to get everything there. And I think for Nick Sirianni, like a Super Bowl win would, win would be fantastic. I don't know how the the offensive line would handle if, if Kelsey retired, but yeah. the guy doesn't owe that team 
anything else. So no. go get that dude a second ring so he can talk shit to Travis Kelsey for at least a little bit. Oh, my God. He's been in so many commercials kind of shitting on himself this whole time. So many. <laughs> uh, okay, let's 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 finish this episode of Stats Matter Podcast. Yeah. Let's do some rags and roses here. Um, I'm going to start. Yeah, I was in West Virginia this past weekend uh, at a, the Hollywood Casino and Raceway. Okay, yeah. went to go see Mitchell Tempenny. Shout out to Core Four. We uh, we we for Core Four plus a couple others. We uh, we went out there, spent the night. Watch the country concert on Friday. Hit the poker floor uh, on the one, two tables. Your boy is up. He's down. He's up. He's down. He's up. This fucking guy, this bald-headed guy, had to be like 70, okay? And he sits at the table and just starts depth-charging the pot. Now, if you don't know anything about poker, right? Like, one, two, poker. Like, it's like $1, $2, like big blind, little blind. Like, you're you're playing oftentimes for anything up to like 200 bucks in a hand if if shit gets really crazy right um this guy just throws like 60 dollars in like on the second round of betting i'm like what the fuck are you doing i'm just like and i hate it because if you ever watch rounders great movie uh edward norton says if you can't spot the sucker at the poker table within the first hour it's you and i am a very i don't have i don't have no poker face I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm very agitated, very easily. And this guy, he must have read it because he just started calling me on some of the most bullshit stuff. And I had to just keep folding out because I just couldn't throw sixty to eighty dollars when I had, you know, three sevens. I just didn't trust that looking at the rest of the board that I was going to win the majority of the hands. So he just kept amassing this war chest. Uh, finally, I got a pair of jacks, and I'm just like, I think I can get a two pair because the cards have been coming up that way lately. And I was like, okay. And he just looks over and like he like he does that dick move where he like kind of leans up on the table and puts his leg up on the chair, and he's like, hey, uh, how much has he got over there? And I don't even have time to think about it. And the dealer starts counting, and everyone at the table's like, yo, what are you doing? Like, let this dude just like make his own decision. And she's like, he has sixty one dollars. And the guy goes, sixty one dollars. I got you covered. And I, in my head, I'm like, Sam. Let it go. It's your sixty-one dollars. Like you can, <laughs> you can play five or ten more hands. But what I heard in my head was that, um, dear near, dear near. <laughs> I was like, America, fuck no, 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 no. I'm gonna fucking take this dude out right now. Um, so I, I called him and I was like, fucking here we go. And I was like, there's no way because this dude's been bluffing his fucking ass all night. There's no way the cards come up. And on the river, he gets a second pair. Um, and I was just like. Mm. Like George Kittle said, I will, I will be back here, and I will <laughs> see you again, and I will fucking. So I gotta rag for that fucking guy. I don't even know his name. He he was such a, he was such a fucking asshole. He was like, oh, uh, I had this Zippo lighter. Where do you think it came from? I'll give you five dollars if you can guess it. He said that like that fucking retired guy who does nothing but watch YouTube videos of poker all day and take young guys like me's money because he can fucking pick on me and I get upset about it. Where where did he where did the Zippo lighter come from? I have no fucking idea. I, I guess South Korea. Someone him. guessed Vietnam. Someone guessed China. Someone was like, Amarillo, Texas, because I guess that's where the Zippo facility is. He's like, <laughs> guys, no. I've never wanted to punch an old guy in the face so much that I wanted to punch this guy in the face. Yeah, I would have got off and left the table. I would have left the table. Fuck that guy. I can't. Pride. Pride. I had to do it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, rags. Do I have rags? It's tough with rags because I'm... I'm- home off right now and i'm not i'm not doing much. you know what 
I'm gonna rag on uh, this evil. T- <laughs> 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 uh, no, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue the rag on the NFL and the consistent and obnoxious coverage of this Taylor Swift situation. You can't get away from it and now everybody wants a piece of it so like dancing mm-hmm. with the stars is doing a taylor swift night which i'm pretty sure was probably right an audible that right they now. called and listen i understand she's uh a, a, a got a blank space woman. tim she'll write your name yeah yeah yeah. that's great uh i'm i, I understand she's a, a brilliant woman uh travis kelsey came out on uh i think what the chicks wall street journal on the Wall Street Journal. He did a profile on the Wall Street Journal Ugh. where he talked about how incredible she is. Well, it was... What, was what that, does the fucking Wall Street Journal have to do with sports, Tim? Well, was it, was it on the Wall Street Journal or was it them quoting the whatever the Chicks podcast on... Uh, it's called Chicks Something, the Barstool podcast. That's all. Is it Chicks or is it Betches? No, nah, I want to say it's... I don't even know. But whatever it is, the, the female Barstool sports podcast that's just not the caller daddy one may have been caller daddy actually he might have been on there uh it's the fucking dumpster fire one where every time they talk you're like i'm america's in trouble america's absolutely in trouble um they've been you know misquoting science and oh you mean mean girl was it mean girl mean girl anyway he was on there like singing her praises and how she's uh brilliant and he's not He's he's never been much of a talker, but he's absolutely speechless. His mind is fucking blown and all this stuff. But dude, everyone is shoot like just cramming Taylor Swift down our throats. Uh I'm over it. I'm totally over it. I, I can appreciate the woman, the businesswoman, the genius and everything she's got going. This is just a prime example of that. But I am so far over it that I uh my, my wife brought my son, so my his cousin had a, a birthday, and she wanted to go see, you know, she turned seven, I think, six or seven, and she wanted to go see the Taylor Swift movie, so they all went, made t-shirts and everything, and last minute, they were like, Brady, you want to come too? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go, because it's a movie, and my cousin's going, and his other cousin was going, like 30 minutes in the movie, he's like, I don't understand why she's so sparkly, and is this all we're doing this movie? And struggled to make it through most of it. Uh, so yeah, shout out to her marketing, her genius, and everything else. But dude, I'm fucking stop talking about her. Seriously, stop talking about her. Everybody, stop. She's, do, she's doing she's doing a fine enough job on her own. She doesn't need to keep invading my sports. All right, I guess that's what it is. Well, let's let's end the episode with a rose. I, I was in St. Louis last week. A lot of talk about St. Louis, uh, a burgeoning sports town once again even though the Rams scored them, went to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and also, shout out Schlafly Beer Co. Okay. Fucking incredible. Long stay in the craft beer uh, world, if you will. A couple locations, one right downtown, little kitchen, great merch section, dry hop pale ale, a coast that's pretty much to die for. Um, and I've, I, don't, I don't know about you, Tim, but I have never been kicked out after closing down a brewery by Joe Byron. Okay, I never heard a presidential address and then had the bartender look at me and go, you need to leave. <laughs> it's past 10 o'clock. Uh, and the president's on the TV. I mean, he didn't really say that, but I mean, like, he, you know, when people like turn the music up, like, come on, you got to get out of here. They turn the lights on. They start putting the chairs up. 
the guy was like, nothing's working. These guys aren't leaving. So let me just put on the Did you say Joe Biden? address to the nation. Byron? Joe Byron. Yeah, the president. Joe Biden. Yeah, Byron. I, I, I don't know what meme. Yeah. I don't know what meme you're talking it's, about, but oh, jeez, God! The, look at look at the. It's for the Utes, Tim. We we just we had an episode where we shit on the Utes. Now we gotta we gotta be nice to them, you know. So oh yeah, okay. I don't I don't get the meme, but uh, all right. <laughs> Mine is uh, mine's gonna be a little bit of a uh, a different one. Shout out to malls. So I brought my son to the West Farm Mall, uh, this weekend. And the idea was to get in, maybe see, sit with Santa. You can now make reservations to meet Santa. Whereas before, you had to go and fucking wait in line for God knows how long and hope you had a chance to get there, right? Like, uh, anybody who's seen a Christmas story can relate to what that was like. You just got in line and you waited and he sat down on some creepy dude's lap and smelled like cigarettes and booze and you told him what you wanted and you were on your way. First of all, I'm pretty sure this is real Santa that was there. It was amazing. Uh, my son is convinced also it was the real Santa. We asked him if, you know, he's like, is it, was it one of his helpers or was it Santa? He's like, Dad, I think that beard was, like, real and attached. And he was so nice. I'm like, <laughs> pretty much the benchmark. Yep, that's the bar. Uh, but, dude, we were, we got to the mall. We went up, they had like your general standby queue where people did make reservations and you had our line, which was reservations. We had the first one for the day. We let this young woman go in front of us who had a newborn and had been waiting in line for an hour for this thing to, to, to kick off. So we let her go and then we went up, did our thing. Emma got up, smiled, then freaked out and then smiled and freaked out. And Brady kind of looked like he was getting stung by bees the whole time with his fake smile, but... <laughs> Dude, we ran it out, and then we walked around. We did all the touristy <laughs> shit I've never done in a mall before. We did we we did a build a bear, in which my son okay. picked Bugs Bunny and the outfit. Because you, for anybody who's uninitiated, uh, build a bear, you pick a uh, unstuffed creature, you stuff it with cotton, and then you pick outfits and shit for it to dress it. Uh, so he got Bugs Bunny. Don't know why. Uh, but he got it, and then the outfit he picked for it was a Red Sox uniform, so I'm all about it. He did it on his own without me. I uh, got one for my daughter. We did uh, P.F. Chang's for lunch, where my son oh, whipped, what'd you get? whipped out the real chopsticks. My wife picked uh, our entire meal. Uh, we got what was it? Pad Thai and the Singapore no. street noodles, I guess. No, 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 no. You go, to, you, you go there for, for the orange chicken. I know. I know. I, I understand this, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to get in the way of my wife's greatness. We did order the, uh, true. right now, the the special they have is flame and yon uh, fire dumplings. So they're dumplings made with high-end steak, and they come out, and it. it's a hot sauce, like a, a spicier sauce they put on top of it, which my son crushed, by the way. My son is secretly a foodie. Not even secretly. He's just a foodie. Uh, but they put this little ring of, I'm guessing, like 151 or something, and they let it on fire. So when it's on your table, there's just flames everywhere. Brady thought it was amazing. And then the kid, we said, do you have any adult chopsticks? All right, kid chopsticks. And he said, no, I'll just use these. And in that meal, figured out how to use, like, real chopsticks. It was like, let's go ham. So uh, great, ex- go. great experience overall at a mall, which I have been to in a very, very long time. It was my first trip with my son. He loved it. Daughter crushed it. 
uh, sneaker addiction is back in full force because they had a couple oh, yeah. of like, oh yeah, really limited shops in there that had like the really hard to get sneakers, and you're in there, you're like, fuck, I want all of these. So that's yeah. back. A couple collectors. That's shops where we are. There. Yeah, that's where we're at. I, I I went to an outlet mall the other day, and they they had a shop with just the shoes, and I looked because I, I really want a pair of Jordan fours, and I was like, you motherfucker. Like, you know, in Denzel on training day. Oh, you bitches think you can do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> you think you could charge me that for that pair of shoes? You are right. You can <laughs> charge me that. I will pay that. Yeah. Yeah. My sneaker collection has slowly started growing. I got a couple uh, uh, Sacconis that were from a boutique. I had ordered them before going to Florida, but it was a, a shop that gets like custom Sacconis or they get Sacconis that tear them apart and remake them. Isn't it Saucony? Sacconis. I don't know. Maybe. Sacconi. Kind of I have I have the Nikkei's, Nikkei's, the Jordans are are uh, are my favorites. Hmm. I have to I have to put I posted a picture on my Instagram. One's uh one's this really cool like corduroy pink blue like m- multicolored pair like a mint green in there. The other ones uh like a uh, khaki color with uh, like a royal blue, mint green and and whatnot. And then I have uh, a pair of. Jordan One Space Jams, which are awesome. My wife calls them my Backstreet Boys shoes because they're like, uh, all right, the, the, the shiny leather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all black, and it's like the patent leather on like uh, real leather, uh, but the bottoms are like see-through blue. They're dope. Did you put it on your story? Because I don't see it on your page. Uh, no, it was uh, maybe it was a story. Oh, I see, I see your, I see your Space Jam Jordans. Yeah, oh my gosh. You, wait, wait, that's your first pair of Jordans. Wait, where did you my, get those? That's my first pair of Jordans I have ever owned. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, uh, like a a, a knee jerk decision. Uh, I'll send you the other one so I get your 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 real time reaction here. There's never a there's there's never a knee jerk reaction unless you buy the Jordan twos. Uh, so I don't understand why those were made. So I did learn, uh, unfortunately, uh, that uh, here you go, Sam. They're coming. Those are the those are the other two I got. So I, I my sneaker collection, which used to be pretty big, I used to have like a ten sneaker, twenty sneaker rotation of like high end sneakers. And then I had a kid, and life happened, so I stopped, and now it's slowly creeping back in there. Holy shit! Can confirm. Can confirm. Those those slap. Yeah, dude. The second pair, too. The second pair reminds me of that old Charlotte Hornets, like, starter jacket. You yeah. remember those? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. So the first one, though, is... The first one's hot. Yeah, they're dope. They're corduroy. Uh, the entire material is, like, different cuts of corduroy. They are corduroy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow! Yeah, and what you you what'd you call them? Sacconis? I might I might need to. Sacconis. I, I never start. looked up to see what they were called, so that's um, that's the bad sneaker pimp side of me is not not looking at those. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I'll say maybe you, we need maybe we need to have like you know a sneaker collector on the podcast uh, because they all talk about sports because they love buying shoes to go to sports games. Yeah, there's a it's a thirty for thirty, but there is a. Um, there is a entire I want to say documentary. It's, I think it's a thirty for thirty, but there's a documentary on exclusively the sneaker game uh, entering golf 
where you had uh, some yes. black entrepreneurs. Who, Eastside Golf. They fucking, they're killing it right now. They're so, I want a pair of their Jordan 4s and 5s so bad. Yeah, so what they did is they took uh, your traditional sneakers and they converted them into golf shoes, which is not mm -hmm. something you see all that often. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull up the name of the, the place that got those sneakers because I want to shout them out here. And I, um, I just asked the Google machine. sa ka -ni. Sakani. Sakani. Okay. Well, Sakani to me. Uh, Novio. Novio? I think that's how it's pronounced. But anyway, it's a shop out mm -hmm. of uh, Florida. N O U V E A U. They have uh, some sick sneakers. Some of them are my style. Like, I know everyone's into like the chunky New Balance and the chunky sneakers. And they, they got a lot of those in like custom styles. But for the sneakers I'm talking about, uh, some of those Sockanies, look up the pink ones. You'll know what I'm talking about as soon as you see them. They got a really sick brown pair as well. Uh, but shout out to them. It's, uh, hmm. they're pretty dope. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, like the, that those, will those do it. Right yeah. Those are, those are fire too. Yeah. <laughs> we got to We got, we got to find a way to make a couple of these parlays hit so we can go ahead and keep our shoe game going. Yeah. Dude. Uh, that will do it for this episode of stats matter podcast. God, those are hot too. God, Sockety's <laughs> killing it. What, so, why, why am I, why am I wanting the air max game when the Sockety's I can probably get for much cheaper. They probably look flyer anyways. Yeah. You're, you're, well, you're looking you're looking uh, about a hundred bucks or more. Prepare. Okay, Air Maxes go, you know, depending on the color, right? <laughs> I mean, look look at StockX. That's all you gotta do. Look at StockX and you just cry. All your money's gone. All right, that will do it for this episode of Stats Matter Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, Pilgrims. Go get a bourbon county from Goose Island, Pilgrims. Yep. Okay. Black Friday. That's the thing. Go get them. Not a lot of variants available this year, uh, but that's okay. You can always do a varietal. You can always get one of the regular OGs and then just do a ladder or a flight testing in a, in a couple of years. The beers are not that expensive, and they always hold up. Um, Five years. Well I, generally don't like, well, I generally don't like anything that Budweiser does. Um, they seem to let Goose Island keep doing his thing, so... And he's back with the with the nerd glasses and the coffee hat, the turtle uh, shell. Yeah, and got tired of got tired of squinting. Um, yeah, I'll be out. I'll be out snagging some Goose Island. If anybody listens to this podcast and you have access to the wild turkey proprietor's blend or the wild turkey, no, no, the the wild turkey generations. Uh, it's not a beer; it's a whiskey. Oh, come! Uh, it came out just this year after. Uh, I think it was called Voyage, which was the Masters Keep uh, aged in rum barrels that you can mm -hmm, still find. Mm -hmm. If you have access to Generations, please DM me at Timmy underscore Cronin uh, on Instagram because I need that. I need that bottle. I need it. So well, the Connor Wine Company shows a simple Google search that they have it. Uh, my twenty one older, yes. Like, oh. is that a place close to you? <laughs> or are you just looking at some online company? I'm looking at an online company. Oh, what do you yeah, think yeah. the price is? They're going to charge secondary for it. So Okay. Yeah, they did. Yeah, It's $1,395. So yeah. Good luck. So MSRP on that <laughs> yeah. is like $250. And if, if someone can find it for $250, we'll have you on. I, I, I will Venmo you immediately for that. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> depending on what you're trying to 
what you're trying to charge me for. Uh, no, but uh, we'll have you on the pod, and you can come on and talk about whatever you feel like. Tim, have him on the pod. We'll fucking rename the pod. It'll be whatever they're... <laughs> uh, no, I, I happen to get a bottle of that uh, original Masters Keep One, and it's my favorite pour uh, over the uh, Van Winkle and some of the others. So uh, I got to get a, I gotta get a taste of that. Uh, that generation is supposed to be one of the best whiskeys of the year. So, if you can get it, uh, reach out. Love to hear from you. Peace. Peace, everybody.